One of the original intentions behind me doing these YouTube videos was to further explain the TikTok videos because partly being in the start of the TikTok videos, they had a stricter time limit. That one minute time limit meant that one, I was speaking very fast and I was trying to 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 get to summarize all the concepts in in a specific topic into 60 seconds and that was name possible so some of these youtube videos the original intention was to kind of explain and elaborate on the tiktok videos so that's what i'm actually going to do today and well that's the video side if you're looking at it on youtube and the audio side if you're listening on the podcast wherever they may be welcome the video that I'm going to review was the part two to the am I vaccinated question. If you if you don't really look at my content on TikTok, you would not have seen the part two. I only put the part two on TikTok. I didn't upload it on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere else, but I'm going to upload it here. We're going to go over that video here and then go over some of the comments because it precipitated some very interesting comments and that's part of the reason I want to go over those comments. And from those comments, we'd end on an article that I think answers a lot of questions and points us towards looking at the future in this pandemic and stop, not, stop trying to play catch up with this. Look at what the decisions need, the decisions that are going to be made at some point further down the road, not just the decisions that are being made in the present, the decisions that we already long past so let's look at it if you if you saw the video already if you're a tiktok follower and you saw the video already no problem skip it through that's fine but let's take a look now that that's clear i'd like to say yes i am vaccinated and i'm saying that now so that it is known this isn't about me being personally worried about being discriminated against but i'd like to be clear that is what this is. Even if you think it's for a good reason, or you're saying we've done it before in the schools, okay, but prohibiting unvaccinated members of society from entering certain places is discrimination. Now, as for me personally, I don't have much of a problem with people discriminating in their own private capacity. If you have a product or a service and don't want to sell it to me, then fine. I don't think anyone should be able to force you to do that. By you not doing it, you're just allowing the opportunity for someone else to come in there and take your place or provide a better option. But that doesn't really work like that in a monopoly because there aren't any other options in a monopoly. And to be clear, a government is a monopoly. So in this case, the government monopoly is forcing private companies to discriminate against private citizens. And you think this kind of discrimination in this case is a good idea because the reasons are good. We need to stop the spread of this deadly virus. Now, the first thing is vaccinated people can still spread the virus. So it's not to stop the spread, but decrease the likelihood of the spread. And there was a study in Barry that checked four different vaccines. And what they found were all vaccines worked but some were far more effective than some. So if you're talking about decreasing the likelihood of spread, and I'm a Sinopharm guy, AstraZeneca was something like four times more effective than the Sinopharm. So is it that me with my Sinopharm vaccination card would only be able to get into the general admission, but someone with an AstraZeneca could get into VIP? And what's going to happen to natural immunity? We found that natural immunity far outlasts the vaccine. So is it that the naturally immune people would be in VVIP? And how do we even deal with natural immunity if it's a proof of vaccination thing? Do you need to walk around with your hospital record showing that you had COVID before? All right, 
that was the video and then the comments came after there was well i believe the majority of the viewers may have agreed but those that disagreed <laughs> left some comments there and they were interesting i someone in the comments found that when i responded to people who were disagreeing to me they found i was so arrogant i found that very strange that someone who is spending time responding to random strangers on the internet you think that's particularly arrogant i don't think so but to each their own i guess but the first part of it seemed well the main part of the the comments on the responses there seemed to be questioning whether it was discrimination some people were saying that discrimination cannot happen in a public health measure it's impossible to be discrimination you cannot discriminate when you're doing health measures now i think first people need to have a clear understanding of the definition of discrimination and many people are seeing the definition that includes the term unjust if in order for it to be discriminatory, it needs to be unjust. Now, the problem with that is the term unjust is very subjective. What you may consider unjust, another pe another person might not consider unjust. So, to, to throw out the term that what is unjust is what is discriminatory actually doesn't define anything. Discrimination would be you're treating someone dif differently based upon another trait. That's how I would determine discrimination. And the fact is, I think during our lives, there are many discriminatory things we do. And by and large, that is not a problem. I also said that in the video, I do not have a problem with people discriminating in their private capacity. Discrimination is how we live. If you're choosing to go with go on a date with someone and you're choosing not to go on a date with someone else it's a discriminatory choice you're discriminating against in some measure the one who is who you're not choosing the problem the question then is whether we think it's a just cause for the discrimination and whether we think that we should give this authority to the government now i'm not questioning whether the government has the authority because obviously they do. I'm questioning whether it is, the, is, it is an authority that the government should use. The older I get, the, mo the more my political mindset leans towards the side of giving the government as little power and as little authority as possible. This is, this is the way I see that reasoning. I see the government as an elephant of sorts among ants. And the population are the ants and by by creating governments by creating states we ants create as it will juggernauts of elephants among us now this is great for us the government the states can do magnificent things there are things that may have been impossible to have been done without the power of an entire government and country and an entire government and state sorry going behind this the force of this entire entity behind it is awesome but the problem with this giant elephant of a government is every action, every move that this government makes, even if the government decides it's going to build a bridge for all of us puny ants, every step they take stands a very high chance that they may kill a few dozen ants and they may not even know. Because of the, the power, because of the strength of a government, the actions that government that governments take could have negative effects and almost always have negative effects on people that you may not even be aware of. 
every single part of the policy, a policy that you may that you may personally love, that may have only positive effects on you. When you see the trickle down effect of that policy and the equal and opposite reaction as it were to the government forcing an action. You see, always bear in mind when the government does something, it basically does this on the threat of force. When the government does a policy, it's basically do this or else men with guns are going to take money or freedom away from you. And there, there, there are always some negative side effects to that. And that's why you always have to be extra careful about what you are willing to allow a government to do or not do. As that's done, let's get further into it. So we see to me that it is discrimination. You may think that it is for a just cause, but it is discrimination. And on the health angle, I think it is sensible to bear in mind, look back over to 1940s Germany, the example everyone likes to pull for. And look at the start there. What was the catalyst? What was the excuse used to start some of this most some of these most evil actions within the 20th century? Part of it was accusations of disease, that this group of people were diseased and they were spreading typhus. So we must all group them together and throw them into this place. Now, granted, it may not be that extreme now, and I don't necessarily think that we are among governments that have such evil intentions as their active intentions. But as I said with the elephant example, I think sometimes just by the government's actions on a whole, whether the intentions may be evil or not, sometimes the side effects may be much more worse or much worse, sorry, than we'd be expecting. Now to go through the main comment thread that I probably spent the most time responding on, there are a few others, they're interesting, you probably should go through some of them, see what you think. But the main one that I responded to, discrimination by definition suggests unjust treatment. Is it unjust to prevent a forever pandemic? This entire vid is slippery slope conjecture. My response was slippery slope has been proven modern in modern times and unjust is subjective. Now, the accusation of a slippery slope conjecture. When, when I see people accuse people of you're using a logical fallacy, just accusing someone of that doesn't actually prove or disprove their argument. You have to try to point out exactly where in the argument the problem is. Then the person went on to say that the data suggests that this policy may help. Firstly, I'd like to see what data suggests that banning unvaccinated people from certain parts of society is going to decrease the spread. And secondly, is just the suggestion that it may help enough to enact a discriminatory policy because if we're working on just possibilities if we're saying that if something has a possibility for helping if we if the, if we could see that it has enough of a chance of helping and that's enough for us to enact discriminatory policies that can affect large swaths of the population i think that also is a very dangerous line to go down and I am not sure that you could reasonably argue that being unvaccinated in this scenario poses the greatest risk. And the reason I think that regardless of many of these comments that seem to be pointing down that line, that seems to be the main issue that being 
unvaccinated increases the spread. That's not actually true in the long run. And there's a study recently out of Israel that is turning a lot of these arguments on their heads. Out of Israel recently, they're finding that as the time elapses, somewhere around the six-month mark, the chance of getting infected from the Delta stream specifically nearly equates to unvaccinated and vaccinated people. Now, the, the, the benefit of vaccination, the benefit of vaccination is still there. The benefit of vaccination is that the, your morbidity chances decreases. The chance that you get badly ill, the chance that you end up in the hospital or die would decrease greatly. But the chance of infection remains the same. So if the policy is based on decreasing the chance of infection, if the policy is based on, okay, we do not want you to increase the chances of infecting another member of society. Then, as time progresses, we're seeing that that reasoning doesn't actually live up. So, how can we say we're using the reasoning of decreasing infection and it doesn't actually live up in the long run? It doesn't decrease infection by being vaccinated. That doesn't, the data doesn't substantiate that. So, that reasoning falls apart. And to me, the singular reasoning that stays standing when we're discussing these mandates in Trinidad, the singular reasoning that still kind of makes sense, but there's still a stretch to it, is that by you increasing your chances of falling ill badly, you're increasing your chances of putting strain on the medical system in Trinidad and Tobago. And I've, I've said this point probably six times if you <laughs> that's a random number i call just by the way but if you're listening enough of my content i'm pretty sure you would have heard me say this point already trinidad and tobago has socialized healthcare we have free healthcare in terms of we're all paying into the healthcare and we're all getting out from it because of that and because of that we we do have to pay particular attention as to how much resources people purposefully take out of the healthcare system. And if you're becoming too much of a burden on the healthcare system, policy will be put into place. Discriminatory policies will be put into place. And that is understandable. It's, it's obvious. It's necessary in order for a system like this to keep running. It, it, cannot, it cannot really keep running any other way. But here's the problem with that and why I call this discriminatory. And I don't think many people can actually in-person argue this. That's another point I saw in the comments. I offered quite a few people to come in person and let's have this discussion. Not an argument. I'm not aiming to insult anyone. Just a discussion. Show me how much you believe in your opinions. Put a face to it because I find there's a benefit to anonymity on the internet. There's a real benefit to that. You are able to say things to powerful people and you are able to test out ideas that you may have been more afraid to do if it was linked to your actual identity. But I think there's some bravery in it and there's, some, there's a greater level of honesty when you're dealing with actual people. It's easy for anonymous people to be dishonest about things. So I invited some people to have discussions on it and not surprising to me really, but no one, no one really took up the offer. I'd like someone to try to explain this to me in person. Show this to me in person. How is it that in this case, you could tell me 
that discriminating against an unvaccinated person for COVID-19 makes sense because they're putting greater risk on our health system. But an unvaccinated person who may be healthy for COVID-19, how much risk do they actually potentially put on the healthcare system as compared to an overweight person? Let's look at the amount of resources we spend on avoidable dietary diseases, diseases caused, diseases caused by what we eat, by what we consume, by risky living. Do we now have to put a, a cost, do we have to do a cost analysis for every single preventable disease, every single, every single preventable illness or injury? And we have to do a cost analysis too. And any time that cost analysis reaches over a certain threshold, then we should discriminate against it because that is the actual suggestion there. Or what else is the suggestion in this case? Because to me, it seems like we're saying if it costs too much on the healthcare system, then it's okay to discriminate against it. And I, as I said already, I understand that argument. But are we? Is that? Does that mean now we have to get a monetary cost? For everything on the healthcare system and do you know where that leads to somewhere where I am not sure how much of disagreement I may be in it it's an idea that we haven't fully seen in Trinidad so I don't really know how it would work fully in practice but that leads to private healthcare where everyone pays for their own healthcare because you take the risk on your life and you pay for whatever the risk causes on your health do you think that that is the better solution? I know I've asked this question to my viewers before, but on this new info, with this new video, with these comments, tell me what you think. If you haven't clicked that like button yet, please do click that like button. Now that's all I have for today. I hope you were entertained or informed. And do stay tuned. There's another video coming. Feel the music, feel the music, rising with the time.